Um, the reality is that these preschoolers wouldn't be where they are without the help of a whole village of people. And so I want to give the parents and families of these preschoolers a hand as well. God is good. Amen. Amen. I also want to give due recognition to Miss Eva and her awesome staff. What a blessing. Amen. And I know that I probably couldn't list through all the volunteers, etc., that make preschool happen on a day-by-day basis. And so thanks so much to your ministry. You know, God is very good. Um, I don't know how your heart moves when you hear little, little people, <laughs> when you hear young ones speaking the word of God. You know, amen. Yeah, praise the Lord. <laughs> and... Um, you know, this morning, I've been asked to, to give a short and a brief address to our preschoolers, to our families, to our church family here. And, uh, you know, the only place that I know where to go is the Word of God itself, okay? And so we're just going to have a short word of prayer, share a few thoughts from a familiar story that I'm sure our preschoolers know well. But let's just bow our heads together for a word of prayer. Gracious Father, you are so good. And we've seen your goodness through the lives of these young ones, these precious lambs of yours that you are training up from a very early age. God, I thank you for them. I thank you for their families. I thank you for all who are invested in not just their temporary or temporal success, but invested in their eternal destination. And so, God, today I pray, because you are one who knows how to save, because you are one who knows how to speak, would you please speak to us this morning through your word. We give you this permission, and we ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to really understand, not just for head knowledge, but for heart transformation. We pray this in Christ's saving name. Let everyone say, amen. Amen. If you have a Bible, go ahead and take one. There's maybe some in in the pews in front of you, but we're going to first, oh, maybe I shouldn't say this yet. Okay, preschoolers, pop quiz. Pop quiz for the preschoolers. Anyone in a red gown? All right, I'm thinking of a little boy in the Bible, okay? A little boy in the Bible, Noah, there was a boy, there was a man in the Bible, yes, his name was Noah, but this is the one I'm thinking of. His mommy prayed that she would have a baby, and this little boy came as a gift from God. Okay, here's another clue. When the boy was born, soon thereafter, his mommy brought him to the temple to help the priest. Does anybody know who it was? Who was it? Who was it? We've got a guess? Jesus was brought to the temple, but he wasn't there to help the priest. (gasps) Samuel! All right! Okay, good, 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 good. Okay, now I can tell you. Go to 1 Samuel. (laughs) 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3, you remember that story. It's uh, your Matthew, I'm thinking New Testament. All right, we're in the Old Testament. 1 Samuel chapter 3, we've got Joshua, Judges, Ruth, then 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 3. Little Samuel, he was a miracle baby. His mama prayed for him, God gave him, and because mom knew that this was a gift from God, she had a different perspective and different priorities than most parents around the block. And so Hannah gives Samuel to Eli at the temple. And the Bible tells us that Samuel 
actually ministered to the priest, ministered to the Lord with priest Eli. By the way, does anybody know what Samuel means? The name Samuel actually means heard of God. And so here's this miracle baby, a response to a genuine prayer. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, we are told in verse 1, the Bible says, and I'm reading from the New King James, the Bible says, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was, what does your Bible say? Was rare in those days. The word of the Lord was rare in those days. There was no widespread revelation. Hmm. That's a tough spot to be in. When there's a drought of the word of God where it seems like the word of God is few and far between. Where is the word? It's a rough spot to be in because when you don't hear from God, it's hard to know God. And if you don't know God, it's hard to trust God. And if you're not trusting God, guess who you're left to trust? Yourself and other people, and that just gets us into really rough spots, to say the least. (laughs) And so here, Samuel was living in a time when The word of the Lord was rare. Can anybody resonate with Samuel's experience? You know, today we live in a a time in which the word of the Lord is rare in public circles. The word of the Lord is sometimes rare in family circles, but praise the Lord, we see here a community in which the word of the Lord is not rare. Amen? I mean, to, to hear these young people singing about the Bible, pledging themselves to the Bible, and memorizing the Bible is a powerful thing. So really, I think here at this preschool, we have the opportunity to break the trend, to break the trend of the rarity of the Word of God. And the story continues. The story continues down in verse 2. It says, And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, Before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was laying down, verse 4, that the Lord called Samuel, Samuel, Samuel. And what did Samuel do? Gael, what did Samuel do? He ran to priest Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. Samuel hears the voice of the Lord, but he runs to the one who has been taking care of him. Think about this picture. God himself is calling out to Samuel, but he doesn't know that it's God. Instead, he mistakes it for his guardian. He mistakes it for his parent, if you will. Wow, wouldn't it be something that you and I would be proud of? If when God was calling a young person, they mistook it for your voice, they mistook it for my voice, how do we interact with our young people? Would it be said of us that our interactions with young people could be mistaken for the interactions of God with that child? And here Eli, he's been, minister, he's been taking care of this young person. And Samuel doesn't know the voice of the Lord. In fact, this happens three times over. God calls to Samuel and says, Samuel, Samuel. Samuel runs to Eli and says, here I am, you called me. Eli says, hey, go back. Go back, my son. I didn't call you. Stop interrupting my sleep. Any parents know that? All right. (laughs) Stop interrupting my sleep. 
And so Samuel goes back three times over, and in verse 7, the Bible says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Now let me ask you a question. If the word of the Lord was rare in those days, was it rare because God was silent or because people were not listening? Obviously, this story is showing us that God was speaking. God was constantly speaking, even frequently and repetitiously. Yet for some reason in those days, it was said of the people that they were not listening. But here in young Samuel, God sees one who would listen. And so Samuel, though he did not recognize, he didn't have a mental framework, he didn't have a past experience, he did have an adult in his life who would turn his ear to heaven. Think about this. How many young people, you walk through your neighborhoods, you walk through the community, how many young people have an adult in their life who would turn their ear to heaven? I praise the Lord that here at the Parkwood Preschool, we have families, we have mothers, we have fathers, we have grandparents, aunts, uncles, friends, family, who would turn kids' hearts to hear the word of the Lord. And so there are adults, there was an adult in Samuel's life, and I pray that there would be adults in these young people's lives. And if you haven't taken on that responsibility, friends, whether or not you have a blood child here, you have a responsibility to the younger generation. Whether you know it or not, you have a responsibility to this younger generation to turn their ears to heaven. And so the story goes in verse 8, 9, and 10, and here's where I want to zero in on, because I believe God was graduating Samuel. God was graduating Samuel from just elementary doing of things, but to actually learning to hear the voice of God. And so it goes in verse 8, And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, Here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore Eli said to Samuel, notice the wisdom here, Go, lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and laid down in his place. Friends, society needs, young people need adults in their lives who will say, listen to the word of God. They need it. They don't have the prior experience. But friends, we have the opportunity to turn their ears. And notice how Samuel hears the Lord. Verse 10. Now the Lord came and stood and called as at other times. Can you picture that? The Lord came and stood with Samuel. The first thing, if you really want to be in the school of Christ, if you really want to learn to hear the voice of the Lord, is to first be assured of the very presence of the Lord himself. The Lord came and stood with a little child named Samuel. It's reminiscent of another time when the Lord came and stood next to somebody. His name was Moses, but he was 80 plus years old. He was on top of Mount Sinai. And in Exodus 34, verse 5, the Bible says the Lord came and he revealed his character to Moses. 
And so here, God is not a discriminator of age or generation. Whether you're old or whether you're young, whether you're seasoned or whether you're not, God, amen, you're seasoned, all right. God stands next to our children with the assurance of his presence and with the intention to reveal his character, just as he did with Moses on Mount Sinai. So the Lord came and stood and called at, at, uh, as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Do you know that God knows your name? God calls you by name. I don't know, maybe there are some of us here today who have feel like we have dropped off God's radar. <laughs> we have dropped off God's map. Maybe you feel forgotten, maybe you feel forsaken, but I want to let you know God knows you by name. He says, Samuel, Samuel. And what does Samuel do? The Bible says he answered, Speak for your servant hears. I want to let that sink in for a little bit because I think it's deep. I think it's profound. And if any of us want to be like Samuel today, whether you're a preschooler or whether you're young at heart, you want to hear the word of the Lord, this is how to do it. Samuel says, speak for your servant hears. When Samuel says speak, he's confessing that God is a living God. That God is not some stone image. That God is not some idea but that God is a real being who lives and speaks to our real lives. So first step in wanting to hear the Lord in, in, in graduating in the school of God is first confess that God is alive and that he speaks to your reality. That's the first thing. The second thing, he says, speak for your servant hears. Your servant. Samuel recognized that, yes, God is alive, but he also recognized, I'm alive to God. That he recognized a relationship between he and God. And it wasn't just, buddy, buddy, hey, what's up? No, it, it was, I am yours, and I am your servant. You know, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, Know you not that you are not your own. You are bought with a price. And that price was infinite, Amen. That price was the price of the blood of the Son of God. And so whether or not we feel like it, you know, we live in a society where it's my way, um, I'm doing it, what is that, Frank Sinatra song? I'm doing it my way, you know. But we live in a society where it's iPod, iPad, I, me, me, you know, all about me. But really Samuel was standing up against that and he says, no, 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 speak. I'm your servant. I'm your servant. And so if we're wanting to graduate in the school of God, if we're wanting to hear the voice of the Lord, one, we recognize that God is a living God. He speaks to our realities. Two, we recognize that I, that you, are his servant. We are not our own. We are bought with a price. And then finally, there's this last part. It says, speak for your servant hears. Speak for your servant hears. Did you know that in the Hebrew scriptures, in the Old Testament, there is not a specific word for obey? Did you know that? Anytime you see the word in the Old Testament where it says obey, it's coming from the word that means 
to hear. And so when Samuel says, speak for your servant hears, it could easily be translated, speak for your servant is willing to do whatever you want him to do. Speak, for your servant actually obeys. Speak, for your servant will not just listen to the words you say, but actually do the will of your heart. And so here Samuel is graduating in a very serious way. He recognizes that God is a living God. He recognizes that he is not his own. And he's recognizing that if he's going to live, life is only found in doing the will of God. Speak, for your servant. The question today is, will we confess our faith to God, that he is a living God? The question today is, will we recognize who we are in relation to him as his own, bought with a price, purchased with an infinite price? Will we recognize that life is only worth living when we're doing the will of God? Friends, that's an education worth pursuing. In fact, later on in the chapter, in verse 19, the Bible says of Samuel, So Samuel grew, and the Lord was with him, and let none of his words fall to the ground. In other words, as Samuel let none of God's words fall to the ground, God blessed Samuel so that none of his words would fall to the ground. So that everything he talked about, everything he put his hand to, was with prosperity and success. Not because he deserved it, but because he was living out the very will of God. That's an education worth pursuing. Amen? That's a degree that I want to get. That's a degree that I want these young people to receive. Yes, we can, we can praise them for their, ac- uh, their accomplishments. We can give them accolades on end. But let it be said of us that in the school of God, we are his servants. And we hear his word, we do his word. How many of you want that kind of education today, just by the raising of your hand? Amen. Praise the Lord. We're going to say a word of prayer, and we'll just dismiss. Um, We'll we'll have a, a beautiful reception potluck, and I hope that we can join each other there. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Gracious Father, thank you so much for each young person in this, in this sanctuary. Thank you for the things that you have done in their lives. Thank you for the things that you're doing in their homes, through their parents, through their families. Thank you, God, that we can invest in turning young people's hearts to heaven. And Lord, today, we pray this not just for our young people. We pray this for ourselves today. We ask, God, that you would become that one who is alive, who speaks to our living reality. Please, Lord, give us a recognition of of the sacrifice of Christ and the reality that we are not our own. Day by day, give us that mentality. And Lord, may we live to do your will today. We pray all these things in Jesus' precious name. Let the family say, amen. Amen. Again, please join us for lunch. And this evening, we're going to be having a family vespers as well at 6.30 here in the sanctuary. Congratulations again.